Good morning, I'm Jordan Peoples, and on Talk Talk Today, we're going to be talking about how honest I am. I'm like Abraham Lincoln on honesty steroids. <laughs> Never told a lie. Uh, and I'm Ellie Johnson, and I am Mario and Luigi's long-lost sister. Uh, whenever they went and had their coin dynasty, they left me to run the plumbing business all alone in Queens. Okay, Ellie, that was a lie. No. And I know it was a lie. Why? Because I hang out with you too much for you to have a plumbing business <laughs> you, I don't know about. You don't know what I do on the sides. Yeah. So wait, does that mean <laughs> that the subject of this episode, in truth, is lying? To tell the truth, yes. The subject of this episode is lying. Uh, wow. Wow. That is a shock to me. I did not expect that. When we sat down, you, that is not what you told me this episode was going to be about. I'm blindsided by this. I was telling you a lie. All Apparently, along. yeah. Yeah, so we're going to talk about lying today. Um, it's a topic I really want to talk about because it's something that I think is so much talked about. We have movies, we have media, we have TV shows that all kind of focus around this idea of lying. I mean, that is the main driver of most sitcoms is like, or, or a misunderstanding. It doesn't always necessarily yeah. lie, yeah. but a lie is often what it is. Right. It's like you, tr you lie to get out of something. And then the whole episode is you avoiding the other person finding out that you lied at the beginning of the episode. Exactly. You can name off so many different episodes, movies, things like that, that have focused on lying. But the thing is, is I really wanted to dig in about, is that the reality of communication? Are we lying as much, having lies being such a big part of our life as we do see depicted in the media? Because something that we know is that whenever we see something depicted in the media, we often tend to think that it's actually a mirror reflection of our own lives. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to dig into that a little bit in this episode and just talking about, you know, why do we lie? Uh, what do lies actually look like? Or the big question is how often do we actually tell a lie? Mm -hmm. so. And me never, like I said, <laughs> on, more honest than Abe. <laughs> well, it's funny because we did. We talked before we started recording about... Um, when is a time that you did lie? You couldn't tell us a single lie. Yes. But I definitely lie, like white lies, frequently. Uh -huh. I just, none of them were so big that they made a memorable impression. And like I was also <laughs> telling you, I'm sure that there are people who are listening who know me mm -hmm. who are like, mm -hmm. you. I remember when you lied, you lying little stinker. No, I'm telling you, I almost put in a phone call to Kathy Peoples about two hours ago yeah. to ask her when you had lied. And it's such a different experience for me because I also don't think that I'm such a liar, but... I have these very vivid memories, especially from my childhood, yeah. of whenever I told a lie, and they're so ingrained in my memory mm -hmm. because I was so, I guess, morally opposed as a child to the idea of lying that they will always be stamped on my brain as this very cornerstone. See, I, I, had, I had the same feeling of that, but I just followed through and never <laughs> lied. No, so I have this memory of this time that oh my gosh my mom is gonna get me whenever she hears this mm -hmm. so i does she not know what this lie is i don't know i i don't know surely she could tell that i was lying at the time but <laughs> whenever i was in i believe it was elementary school and i used to go to my mom's work after school every day 
she used to uh, just let me come hang out there until she was done with work. Cause she would work after school was let out and she worked for the school system. So it wasn't hard for her to come and get me and just, you know, I had her office and I, whenever I was using the bathroom at her office, I used to take my fingernail while I was just sitting on the pot and scrape off the paint on the stall door. Mm-hmm. And one day after school, my mom came and picked me up mm-hmm. and she's like, Ellie, I have a serious question to ask you. Are like, you the one? Are you the one that's been scraping the paint <laughs> off of the bathroom stall at my office? And I remember just feeling the blood like fall from my face <laughs> in that moment. I was like, I have been caught doing this awful, awful thing. Yeah. And immediately I was like, no, what? What are you talking about? Meanwhile, like under your fingernails, <laughs> there's still paint, like visible. <laughs> the evidence is there. My mom's getting the Q-tip out to start yeah. scraping my fingernails. No, she, I immediately, I'm just like, no, never. I don't even know what you're talking about. What bathroom stall? Okay. And I sit there for a minute. My mom's like, okay, cool. And we sit there for a minute in silence. And then immediately I'm just like, well, I might've did it. I kind of play this game where I like, <laughs> and I made up some game that I play with my hands. Oh, this is While such I'm a using, bad lie. You're, using the bathroom. Child use a terrible lie. Like, because first you deny it vehemently, which is like a weird thing to do if you weren't doing it. Like, because like if someone asked me, do you scrape paint? And I was like, no, that's what? Why? Huh? That's a weird. Is someone doing that? Like, my first thing would be like, no, not me. Never. Uh-uh. <laughs> that's absolutely what I did. But I made up this game that I would play with my hands while mm-hmm. I was Oh, it sounds like a blast. It sounds like a really fun... And I told my mom, and I was like, and accidentally a few times, I have scraped the stuff. <laughs> I get caught in a particularly fun game of hand bathroom. <laughs> and I get away from me, and I scrape the paint off of the stall. And it's, it's a great lie. You're doing a great job. Yeah. No, well, it's funny because I remember that time I was just like, okay, whew, I did the right thing. I told my mom that I did it. I didn't tell her that I did it on purpose. So mm-hmm. everything's fine. And I just, I'm going to talk to my mom after this and be like, mom, did you ever know that I actually <laughs> did that? Did you I can't that? imagine she didn't know. This sounds like, <laughs> like, first it looks like, it sounds like you were visibly panicked when she first asked you. Yes. Then you go to that vehement denial we already talked about. Yes. And then that goes to this really contrived <laughs> hand game that is like, who knows what about this hand game? I'd love to know more of the details of how the game plays. I think maybe it was like a cat's cradle type thing where yeah. I would be like, oh, I'm doing the church and the steeple and yeah. here's all the But people. you're doing it really vigorously because it might scratch paint <laughs> off of nearby walls. <laughs> That's what child me thought was a good excuse anyways back yeah. in the day. But Okay, so that's our baseline <laughs> lie. That is the lie through which we'll view the rest of these these concepts. Yeah, but... So those memories are stamped on my brain and it made me think a lot now looking back on it now as an adult and as a communication scholar, how we can consider lying from this kind of academic lens and apply Mm -hmm. it to these experiences. So basically what scholars have begun to define lies as is it falls under this very broad umbrella of deception. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the big term that we see scholars using. And they define deception as intentionally, knowingly, or purposefully misleading another person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's any time that you're guiding someone in a direction that maybe isn't the actual reality or mm-hmm. the actual truth. So I take it that that will include things that are not 100% just like 
me saying a thing that is false, but including right. like me omitting information. Exactly. And knowing that you don't know that information and letting you continue not to know it for my benefit. Exactly. So those are the things that would fall under that deception umbrella. Whenever we're talking about lying, though, we're more defining it as a subtype of deception that involves outright falsehood, which is consciously known to be false by the teller and is not signaled as false to the message recipient. Okay, so this is when mm -hmm. you are very intentionally, very consciously telling someone something that you know is not true and also not letting them in on it. Okay, mm -hmm. So something where you're telling someone something that there's, that's not true, but they're in on the joke in a sense, mm -hmm. that's not something we consider lying. You have to have both this element of I'm telling you something that is false and I'm not letting you in on the falsehood of that's the interesting. message. So what are other situations where you would do that other than joking? Or is it only a joke? Typically just joking or... Maybe I guess if there's something that neither one of you wants to address right now, mm -hmm. you might just let that kind of thing happen. Just be like, this is more convenient to both agree that we're just not going to go there. Right. And that's something we see a lot in relationships too. We talked about this a bit in the last episode. There's this idea of common language that we see in close relationships that helps us to sometimes not have to tell the whole story, mm -hmm. but there is that evidence of we both understand what the whole story is here. So that would be mm -hmm. something we wouldn't consider to be a lie. Yeah. But the lie, you have to have both of those falsehood type components to it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, it's caused me to freck a little bit on my own lies and thinking about, well, this thing that I thought was a lie, was it actually omitting information? Was it actually just, you know, bending the truth? Okay. I think I got one in this in this uh, okay, game that I okay. can do. Uh, so one time I was at this like week long kind of summer camp. Like mm -hmm. really it was just like almost like a daycare mm -hmm. for kids who are like 10 in the summer mm -hmm. when their parents are like get mm -hmm. out of the house. Mm -hmm. um, and the first day I was there, we were like playing football outside or something. And, and I stubbed my finger really bad. Um, and then I like a little bit later, I mentioned that I was really good at throwing a football. Which was definitely a thing I believed about myself, but, you know, it was not, like, exceptionally good at it. But I was, like, the best among my friends at throwing a football far. Mm -hmm. And so then I was like, oh, it stinks. I, I told some kid that, like, mm -hmm. it stinks that I can't do this because now I can't mm -hmm. play quarterback. And I'm mm -hmm. really good at throwing. Mm -hmm. And then the, this guy's like, this guy's amazing at throwing a football. He's better <laughs> than anyone here. And he starts talking me up to everyone else in camp. Like, this guy's like a quarterback. Uh -huh. he, he's the best. And so, like, he just took what I said and exaggerated mm -hmm. it a ton. Mm -hmm. But I also didn't deny it to anyone. So I let them all go with the false belief that I was really good at throwing. And then there were, like, every day they'd be like, is your finger feeling better? We'd love to see you throw. <laughs> and I was like, mm, no, it still hurts. And then, like, even when it did get better, I was like, I can't let them see it. Like, I mean, they'd be like, oh, that's, like, barely further than a normal kid can throw. <laughs> No, that's, I think that's a good example of one because it really has both of those two elements of what we consider the classic lie to be. Um, and we saw oh, wait, it. I got one more thing. Okay. This kid was so impressed with me that I also got a really good Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> like, because I just mentioned that I was like, it'd be great to have this card. And he was like, oh, well, you're so cool. Take this card and you'll like me more. And I was like, cool. Yeah. That's a good deal for me. So this is actually a really good segue into some of the research that we've seen on lying and deception. Yeah. Hit me um, with some smart stuff. Yeah. So Tim Levine, he is 
probably the biggest figure right now in looking at different types of deception research. He's developed a great theory on deception and lying that's called the truth default theory. And he wrote an entire book about it that he just released that's called Duped. Um, I highly recommend it to anyone who's listening to this and is interested in lying because it's a great book. He's a great guy. Um, But he's done a lot of research on considering why we actually lie. And what he has found over and over again is that deception always has a purpose. Okay, mm-hmm. We don't just lie randomly to mm-hmm. somebody. Absent something like psychopathology that compels yeah. you to like, lie. I, I uh, continued to not inform the rest of the because I wanted to be cool because okay. everyone thought I was cool. And no. I was like, why would I ruin that? No, exactly. So that was a very clear purpose. And what we see is that we would call that a goal typically in communication. So you had some goal of the interaction. One of the most common one is something that we call self-presentation goals is Mm -hmm. exactly what you're demonstrating here. And what we see is that the fact of the matter about lying is that we lie and we tell the truth for the exact same reasons. Mm -hmm. It's because we want to obtain some sort of goal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in your case, your goal was to look cool in front of your bros. Mm -hmm. For me, my goal was to not get a spanking by my mother probably (laughs) for what I had done. Or your heinous crimes. Exactly. But we tell the truth for the exact same reasons. Mm -hmm. So we tell the truth whenever it matches what the goal that we want to obtain is. And a lie is just a fancy little shortcut where, where, where the truth isn't favorable right now. So I'll just scoot it over here. Exactly. And what we see is the only reason that we tell a lie is whenever the goal and the truth don't exactly align. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can think, for example, you're in law school, so we can think about the court system, Mm -hmm. okay? Anybody who is in that room that is under trial, okay, Mm -hmm. is looking to avoid punishment. Now, someone who is actually innocent, telling the truth aligns a lot with that goal of avoiding punishment. So cool, Mm -hmm. they tell the truth. But for someone who actually did it, the truth doesn't align with the goal. So that's Mm -hmm. why we see people lying in Mm -hmm. the court system, okay? It's the exact same goal. It's a handy tool for getting out of trouble. Yeah, what what do they say on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Uh, It's a surprise tool to help us later. (laughs) That's lying. Telling a lie. It's a surprise tool that will help us avoid or get whatever we want in the future. Mm -hmm. Um. So what we can see there is really being honest is our human default, but we do lie whenever we have to. So some of the most common motives that we do see, um, more often than not, we see that self-advancement is the major reason why people lie. Okay, mm-hmm. So something to get yourself ahead. So the number one reason that we see cross-culturally in the U.S., in other nations, is you lie because of some personal transgression, okay? Mm -hmm. So you have done some sort of a misdeed, and you want to cover that up, okay? So you've cheated on your partner. That would be a personal transgression. Um, Maybe you were late for work one day, okay? Mm -hmm. And you're trying to make up an excuse for why you were late. For me, I chipped paint off of a bathroom stall. I was trying to cover up that personal transgression mm-hmm. to my mother. Because that would, like, your reputation would not have recovered. <laughs> yeah, as a child, well, I was a very goody goody touche. Isn't that funny? <laughs> as a kid, I remember that so many times, like getting in trouble for a minor thing and being like, it's over. This is it for me. Like, <laughs> no. if this gets, if this comes out, no. Nah. Like, I'm going to go to juvie. My mom's going to send me off. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's going to be awful. But, didn't happen. I told my lie, and now here I am thriving because yeah. of that lie. So. No, I hear sirens in the distance. <laughs> They're coming for you. They're coming for you. Vandalism (laughs) as a youth. And you lied about it to this day. We got her. That sounds just like the 90s sitcoms that would be about children and they would do something bad and then they'd have a nightmare. And it was this very elaborate thing where they'd be like in the shackles and chained with the ball attached to their foot and they'd walk in. And And then their mom would be crying and like, I can't believe it. Yeah. 
I always thought he was such a good boy. Exactly. And it's like the principal or like Mr. Sweeney or something is at this giant uh, judge's chair mm-hmm. with a giant gavel just banging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> that's how and that's why we lie is to avoid that situation. <laughs> exactly. Uh, some other motives, though, that we do see people doing self-advantage. Um, looking at things like making money. That's a really big one. So uh, con artists, things of that nature, Ponzi schemes, pyramid schemes, things mm-hmm. of that nature. That's a big one that's not so common here in the U.S., but we see it being cross-culturally really, really common. Wait, so that's not common in the U.S.? What, getting... Ponzi schemes? It's common, but it's not what we've considered the most common reason for lying. It's okay. actually quite uncommon in terms of looking at all of the lies that Americans tell like if you went to like business so are you saying there's just more minor ponzi schemes in other cultures (laughs) no that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying that other cultures they tend to report more of that than other lies so specifically one that was in this study was pakistan Hmm. and in pakistan of that study like 40 percent of the lies that people reported were something that they told to make money to make money yeah whereas like five percent were about that personal transgression Okay, so Ponzi scheme is just an example of a business yeah, lie. Yeah, it's just an example, okay. but it's anything you do to make money, and it's just not something that commonly here in America we lie to other people hmm. to do. And I think a lot of that. What is, about advertising? Okay, but yes, but that's broad. That's not interpersonal. Yeah, this was yeah, thinking yeah. about lying to a person sure. directly. Uh, But not only money, we also see goals of like non-money advantage. Yeah. So getting some desirable outcome. So. Um, if you're lying to a teacher, okay, about why you weren't in class to get her to send you the notes. I get emails like that all the time about mm-hmm. students saying, oh, my Wi-Fi was out this mm-hmm. morning. Or, oh, I slept in over my alarm. Well, that's probably not less of a excuse. It's more the truth. But things Maybe. of that nature. Um, getting me to try to send them the PowerPoints. Or one right. thing that teachers say is that um, during finals week, grandparents tend to die at a mm. much faster rate than yeah. they do at other times uh, during the year. And that would be that example of lying to get some type of desirable outcome. And then the fourth one is what you were doing. So self-impression. Okay. Mm-hmm. So lying to appear more favorably to something. Mm-hmm. Um, you coolest know, kid at camp. You were. You were the coolest kid in camp because you- basically Brett Favre. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's anytime you lie about some sort of accomplishment. So with this one, I think about our very first date. Mm-hmm. And I ta- we were talking about Jeopardy. I love the show Jeopardy. Yes. And that was in her Bumble bio. <laughs> and I was like, well, I got to ask about this because I, I too love Jeopardy. And so yes. I was like, like, you know, she seems smart. She's getting a PhD or whatever. I was like, how many Jeopardy questions do you think you can normally get right? And you said. I said like. How much did I say? I, I said a lot. Yeah, you said like 40 to 60% or something, like more than half. And I was like, wow, she is smart. I remember this. Yeah, I said like 40 to 60%, something in that range. And then on our third date or something like that, you came over to my house and we watched Jeopardy. Yeah. We watched old recorded episodes of Jeopardy that I had on my DVR. And, yeah. you're, and you, you definitely were... got, you got plenty right. <laughs> You did, but it was not. It was not forty percent. And I remember you saying, "I'm ready for you to show these skills." And I was just like, "I need to go oh, no. pour a glass of wine right now." <laughs> when I said forty to sixty percent, I was actually talking about this old hand game I used to play. <laughs> like, imagine if you only ever had one way to get out of a line. It's always the hand game. <laughs> Look, honestly, so me and Jordan, um, we a few weeks ago, Jordan downloaded an emulator. Uh, mm-hmm. For an old like Nintendo 64 version of Jeopardy, mm-hmm. where you would buzz in and answer questions, and to answer them, you had to type them very quickly 
into this keyboard yeah. on the N64. And I think no, it was be... actually, it was a NES emulator. So it's even older. Nintendo oh, even older. Sister. Okay. Yeah. Terrible system of input. Like but why not do multiple choice? Wouldn't that have been even more impressive if I could do 40 to 60% accuracy right on that game? Yeah. With 80s to... Jeopardy. <laughs> with 80s Jeopardy. And you have to type it in. So it's like if you misspell it or something, you're out. <laughs> You know, that's me just trying to impress you, babe. Yeah. Um, But another one kind of on the other side of self-impression that is actually very, very common here in the U.S. This was the number one reason that people in the U.S. reported lying Mm -hmm. was to avoid a person or an event. Oh, yeah. Because they don't want to do something. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's that's like uh, probably the most like... Even in TV, that's all over mm-hmm. the place. Is like lying mm-hmm. to get out of doing a thing, mm-hmm. and then someone sees you in public, mm-hmm. and then oh my gosh, that's like how many sitcoms has that been in? Like a billion, yeah, so many. And for I mean, for people like us, we're introverts. Mm-hmm. You know, we do this all the time. If we didn't want to hang out with people, we would just say that we had something else to do. Yeah. But we also probably wouldn't get caught in a lie because our thing that we would do otherwise is stay at home. We would where be it's at home, unlikely to be caught. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this is super common in the U.S. This is something, like you said, we see happening on TV all the time. I know that I did this a ton as a kid. Yeah. Like whenever people would want me to come spend the night at their house. You I didn't was, like to spend the night? I did not. I was not the, a spend the <laughs> night kind of kid. I liked my bed, my house, my mama's cooking. That's where I wanted to Were be. Were you the type of kid that it gets <laughs> like it's starting to get late a sleepover and then you call your parents to come pick you up? I was. Uh, I was that kid. That it annoyed kid. my mother. Oh, it annoyed, I'm sure. An nth degree. I just could not do it. Like, I had a couple (laughs) of successful sleepovers where I made it through the night, like, especially whenever I got older. Mm -hmm. But whenever I was, like, late elementary school, early middle school age, Mm. it was not happening. It, Mm. I was not that kid. I just wanted to be home. I was was like, y'all are cool during the daytime. This is great and all. But I have a queen size bed at home that I can sleep in. So <laughs> I'm going to now call my mom, make her get out of bed, <laughs> and I'm going to peace out. <laughs> you know, but it's okay. I was a spooled only child. So my parents were never going to say no. I've heard stories from friends that I tell this story to. And they're like, yeah, I called my mom about that once and she told me too bad. Mm-hmm. Get over it. Yeah. My parents would never have done something. They probably should have, honestly. Might yeah, have been a toughen good you char- up a little bit. A good character building. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, is anything wrong or you just want to sleep in your own bed? And you'd be like, I don't know. Something's kind of wrong in that I'm not sleeping in my own bed. But beyond that, those are the really the self-motivated goals. We also do see some more altruistic lies, things that are meant to help other people mm-hmm. or make other people feel better, like telling your partner that their cooking is great whenever mm-hmm. it's crap. Okay, mm-hmm. that would be something to make them feel better. I believe mm-hmm. you do this constantly, but you I've never done that. Vehemently <laughs> deny. That Ellie you is do a this. wonderful cook. <laughs> hundred percent of the time, and she also just did that just for me to have to confirm that in the podcast. I wanted it on the record. Yeah, that so you're a great cook. Whenever I cook something bad, I can just replay the tapes. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I think is interesting about this is that that rate was very, very low of those altruistic lies actually being reported. But mm. I think a lot of people, especially in the U.S., would claim that that's the only type of lie that mm. they tell. That we, Oh, yeah, I tell a lie whenever it's helping someone else. Well, I think it's partially just the connotation of a lie. Mm-hmm. Like, 
people white lie all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's really just a matter of degree a lot of the time. Yeah. Like you're just like, if you think that's like, uh, if someone asks you about their sweater or whatever, mm-hmm. you'd probably be like, oh, it's an okay sweater. It's a nice sweater. Right. But like you might think it's a pretty bad sweater. Mm-hmm. But you don't feel like you lied. You just mm-hmm. feel like you've just like, you know, taken it your opinion and you've minimized it and then you've sent it over. Right. And I think that does happen a lot. There is very much a societal connotation of how bad that lies are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can make us think, oh, I never lie because I've never told this thing that has catastrophically ruined my relationships or made someone feel awful whenever they found out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lie is still a lie. Mm-hmm. And Tim Levine specifically, his research is kind of started to narrow down on what a lie actually looks like to sort of help us understand exactly what a lie is and what a lie isn't. Um, so Tim Levine and also a other scholar that he works with a lot, Steve McCornack. I also am very familiar with Steve McCornack because I teach my students from his textbook. So mm. met him in person as well. And he is also a very, very nice person. Um, and generally what he argues is that a lie itself is anything that breaks what we call the cooperative cooperative principle well but then that i wouldn't think a white lie would fit in there well i think that is cooperative isn't it i'm gonna tell you what's the parts are and then you'll understand all right i mean i'm just getting my (laughs) hypothesis out there so i can look right or wrong i can look like a dummy or a smarty okay and i'm willing to take that risk so basically what the cooperative principle argues is that there's four different maxims that you need to meet to be truly cooperative with someone. And you're Mm -hmm. right that sometimes telling a white lie is the best way to keep the peace Mm -hmm. in a conversation, in a relationship. But there are ways that we could say that even telling a white lie is not exactly cooperative. Um, So there's four different maxims that we're supposed to follow. The first is quantity. So this is looking at the actual amount of information that is shared. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, are you telling a lot of information about whatever topic you are discussing with your partner? Or are you telling a little bit of information? And the idea here is you want to tell the exact right amount of information. It's very much a Goldilocks type scenario mm-hmm. where too little isn't great, but also too much isn't great. Mm-hmm. The second one is quality. And this is where we really get into lying of saying, well, how true is the information that you have just shared with someone else, okay? And this is the situation where white lies kind of come in, where, yeah, you could be following all the other maxims, but you're still not giving them the best quality of information. Hmm. Uh, The third one is the manner. And this is dealing with the way that we actually express the information that we're sharing. So dealing with, is it clear? Is it orderly? Is it ambiguous? Okay, are we being direct or are we being indirect? Mm -hmm. And typically what this argues is that to be cooperative, we want to be more direct, more clear, more orderly Hmm. with someone whenever we're talking with them. And then finally we have relation. So this is saying how relevant is the information that you're sharing. Mm -hmm. So if you're having a conversation with your partner about oranges, it wouldn't be very relevant to start talking about apples out Mm -hmm. of nowhere. Okay. It's very much how much do we stay on track? Um, Whenever I talk to my students about this principle, I use the example of, when you get asked a question, do you provide the answer to it or not? Hmm. Okay. Or do you dodge it and go somewhere else? That's okay. where we're looking at that kind of re- relevance relation principle. And again, I feel like that can be used in a non 
negative way. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. I'm talking to someone and they ask me a question uh-huh. and there's a much longer answer, but mm-hmm. I don't want to go into it uh-huh. and it doesn't facilitate our conversation mm-hmm. generally, mm-hmm. you might just omit a bunch of information, but it's not to, because it's like you were trying to hide it. It's just like, mm-hmm. I'm lazy and I don't want to tell that whole story and you don't care about it anyway. <laughs> right. Like, like it's convenient. Right. Right. Exactly. And I mean, those are all the things that we're considering in this cooperative principle. Mm-hmm. And Cooperative principle doesn't say there's one right way to share an answer, but it's these are the different things that we would consider in terms of if someone is being cooperative or mm-hmm. not. And specifically in the context of lying, we're breaking one or more of these maxims. Mm-hmm. Typically more than one, but it's always going to be at least one. The most common maxim that Steve McCornack argues in his information manipulation theory that will be the most common for us to break is quantity. Okay, so Mm. the first most common thing that people break whenever they are telling a lie is they limit the amount of information that they are sharing. Okay, Mm -hmm. and that is for lying, but also deception more broadly. So the first thing that we tend to do is, oh, crap, I'm in a situation where the truth of my situation doesn't meet my goal. So I'm just going to tell you as little as possible. Okay, Okay, so So that's not manipulating like the quantity of the stuff in whatever you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's the quantity of ideas you're communicating. Exactly, exactly. So, and it's, it is literally just like you're saying less words to mm-hmm. a person. Um, what we saw in a study that uh, Levine's done some studies, McCormack has done some studies where they have given participants a scenario mm-hmm. to imagine themselves in, and they're saying, okay, here's the scenario. Here's what you have to choose to lie or tell the truth about and they would tell the participants to write on this piece of paper what lie you would tell in this situation or Mm. what you would say if you were trying to tell the truth Mm. okay and what they saw is that the lies were very very short Mm -hmm. one sentence in and out okay but the truth let's not get bogged down with the details because that's where i'm going to get caught so we'll just keep it nice and tidy exactly one sentence out the door okay but the truths were significantly longer yeah okay because you're not worried about making a mistake in a truth mm-hmm. you can just like rattle on and on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's what we typically see and this actual theoretical perspective aligns a lot with the neuroscience of lying as well um so whenever we think about lies in the media people tend to depict lies as being something that's so carefully and maliciously constructed beforehand mm-hmm. something that you go into a situation ready to go, you got your script ready. Mm-hmm. Um, however, what hap- actually happens with lies is that we create most of our lies on the spot. Oftentimes we start, it's like that Michael Scott quote. He's yeah. like, sometimes I don't know what I'm saying. I just hope I get there along the way. Right. Okay. That's exactly what we do with lying. Is well, and, and that's 100% you with your Jeopardy example. <laughs> it's like, you were just like, because I put you on the spot, like what percent? And you're like, well, I don't know. Probably, I want to say a high one, but not too high. Mm-hmm. And then your brain says like 40 to 60. And then you're probably immediately like, well, that was too big of a number to have said. Right. But it's too late now. It's I've too said late it. Now. It's come out of my mouth and I've already told my lie. So I just have to run with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you've never tried to quantify your Jeopardy score before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You don't know me. I might have a spreadsheet on my laptop. Well, then I would have expected an honest answer. And now this one <laughs> is turning more malicious by the second. Look, I had to reel you in somehow. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that you can reel in a man these days. Mm-hmm. It's not lips. Jeopardy. It's not hips. It's Jeopardy trivia knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> but we really are making up lies on the spot. And because we have to do that, our brain develops shortcuts in mm-hmm. a sense. Um. So the first one goes back to that quantity maxim. So the first brain shortcut is 
producing information in the smallest bits as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we don't want to say a lot. Whenever I was reading this finding, it made me think of specifically uh, 1984 by George Orwell, where they had Newspeak, which for anyone who hasn't read that novel, it's a new language that was developed in this dystopian society that compressed very large ideas into very short terms. And they were Mm -hmm. trying to train society to don't speak English anymore. Rather, let's reduce our sentences, our thoughts, into being able to express them in just a few words. Wow, that sounds double plus good. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, And that's very much what our brain sort of does naturally because what they were doing in the book is they were trying to simplify the minds Mm -hmm. by reducing their language. But it also goes the other way where a simpler way to express thought is by using the fewest words possible. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of the neurological reason why we see um, lies being short. But additionally, something else that we see is whenever we're constructing a lie, we refer to the closest bits of information possible. Mm. Closest how? What this means is in our brain, we have like short-term and long-term memory, and Mm -hmm. we're going to refer to the things that are the most recent in our memory. Okay. okay? So if we were just talking about a topic, I'm more likely to construct a lie that is similar to that topic that we were just talking about. Mm. I'm not going to create more likely some very far-fetched lie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's often going to be about just what you were talking about. So one of the research pieces... um, this reminds me actually of something, yeah. another thing from when we were first dating. Yeah. We were talking. Call me out. Why not? No, no, no. This, is, this isn't a lie. This is about me worried that you thought I was lying. Because you mentioned um, that you'd seen the band Kiss. And I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I saw the band Kiss. And then you're like, uh, we were talking about being in band. And you're like, I play saxophone. It's like, I play saxophone. And I was just like, it just seems like I'm repeating. Like it's all these things almost seem too convenient. That like just these weird little details. Or it's like, you had a doc. So I'm like, I have a doc. it's like, are you just like parodying me? Like, cause it's just like, you're just saying the most recent thing. Like you all your lies are just very right. lazy, but all right. of them were true. So I wasn't lying, but I was afraid that I would look like I was lying because of exactly the reason you were just talking about. Right. And that's exactly what actually does happen in line though. It's a wonder. I actually remember when we were first talking on Bumble, I was like, this is too good to be true. Like there's <laughs> no way this guy hasn't looked me up on Instagram or something. I know. I was actually thinking about like <laughs> not mentioning stuff that we, we had similar. Cause I was like, it's been too many things, <laughs> but that is what we see happening in lies. And that's quite contrary to what theory originally thought would happen in terms of lying. Yeah. So originally theories thought that, oh, people construct lies that have the most efficiency with getting them to their goal. Mm -hmm. That's actually not true. Like a lot of the times lies that people produce are very much not efficient. Mm -hmm. And they're not exactly what, you know, a persuasion expert would develop (laughs) in terms of a lie, but it's because we're so on our toes. We're so quickly trying to develop a lie. And that's why it's often so obvious whenever someone is lying. Mm. Um, Because they're really working on their toes in the Mm -hmm. moment and not producing something that's actually realistic Mm. or efficient. This reminds me of a certain public figure who's recently out of office. (laughs) But I don't want to get political. It's just like that kind of just like immediate... Yeah. Very on the fly lie that just right. was like, wow, that's certainly very convenient mm-hmm. just to suddenly be true. 
because mm-hmm. that completely disproves the opposite thing that other people were saying. No, exactly. And I mean, you can watch speeches of politicians and things like that. Anytime they tell something that is not true, it's often very much connected to what they were just saying mm-hmm. two, three, five minutes earlier yeah. or a conversation we know that they had. Yeah. Just someone says a statement that's negative to you. You just <laughs> flip it to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's like, actually, a lot of people are saying that is true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we're, we're not getting political here. This is a happy podcast. <laughs> well, I, no one even knows which politician I'm talking about because I've very carefully omitted their name. You know, it <laughs> a little be, lion of itself. It's actually the mayor of um, Puscany, Pennsylvania, where the groundhog is. Puxatoni? Puxatoni. <laughs> so, Jordan, quick question. How often do you think that we lie in a day? That's interesting. Yeah. I would say, like, running the entire gamut of little white lies to big lies, I would say, I don't know, like maybe 10 times a day. Wow. Is that that higher? Why do you think that? I don't know. I'm just thinking of like little, little alterations here and there or something. I don't know. I didn't want to do too small of a number. Uh So I was trying to do something big, but not unreasonable. (laughs) Did I overshoot it? I don't know. So what we see the most commonly cited, okay, if you Google today, how often do humans lie? Mm -hmm. For adults, it's typically going to be cited that they lie one to two times a day. Oh, wow. It's way lower than I thought. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to leave allowances for like, you know, like a bunch of little little tweaks here and there, but now. Here's the thing. Your prediction is going to get even worse though, baby. Ouch. So, <laughs> so this is a very commonly cited finding. Yeah. However, this is an average of a very, very large So some sample. people probably are lying 10 times a day. Okay. This is where we're getting to. So whenever you break it down, Tim Levine has done some more research on this. Because yeah. he was like, this seems odd because they're only reporting the means of the sample. Um, And what he found in his studies, looking at this in more depth, is that most people tell zero lies in a day. See, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. The (laughs) The majority of people tell zero lies a day. And we have what he calls a few prolific liars. Mm -hmm. So people who are telling 10, 15, 20 lies a day Mm -hmm. and is skewing that number well way up. I mean, the graph that he presents in his research is a very perfect J where Mm. you have a ton of people in frequency reporting zero lies Mm -hmm. a day. And then you have this very, very long tail. It's like that classic, like uh, 80% of people or 20% of people tell 80% of the lies and exactly. 80% of people tell 20% of the lies. Exactly. So the actual stat on that is that if you take all of the lies that mm. are gathered in some study, in some sample, over half of them are only told by 5% of the people that they studied. Mm. So it's only 5% if we can expand this, which it's hard to expand to the whole world. Mm-hmm. But you can typically think that over half the lies that we tell as a human race in a day is told by 5% yeah. of the And they're race. all in Washington. <laughs> Political. Honestly, I would love to see a study of that. Yeah. If you looked at the national breakdown of where people are telling lies, I would say like those hot spots like Manhattan. Mm. I think you would see a hot spot. I, and I definitely don't. I think it's more like how close they are to power. Because no. like the more powerful you are, the more you need to be... Uh, precise with the different things mm-hmm. that you want to say. You mm-hmm. don't want to be on the record saying one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Like again, like you said earlier about a court, like in court, right. you're probably also going to have a higher amount of lies because it, it, the consequences for <laughs> your language 
is higher. You know, and that's really interesting. And it's, I would love to see a study that looks at people who are in those positions where you're probably going to see more lying occurring. Mm -hmm. And how does that seep into their interpersonal relationships? Mm. Like are people who are defending guilty people in the courts or, you know, people working on Wall Street, Mm -hmm. politicians, people who have to lie as a part of their careers. Mm -hmm. How does that affect how much they lie in to their wives, to yeah. their husbands, to their children, to their best friends. Do you see that rate also increase because they're just so used yeah. to that vernacular of lying in mm. their career? Or do they balance back out to what we would see in the normal population? Yeah. Well, and also it's like, uh, it's easy for people like us not to lie mm-hmm. because the consequences of the things we say are relatively minimal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do I have to lie about? Right. It's like even, man, now I'm even thinking about like parents that Santa Claus, mm-hmm. parents who tell their kids that Santa Claus is real. I mean, technically that's a lie. Yeah. That occurs. That's, that's another topic for another day. Mm. But, you know, the malicious intent of that I don't think is there, but it can produce outcomes. It's a lie. <laughs> a lie is a lie is a lie. Um, but speaking Wait, of- Wait, I don't know if we can be on record saying that Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. Santa Claus. He's real as long as you believe in him. That's what my parents told okay. me whenever they told me that Santa Claus wasn't real, mm. which is a difference because I know you told me that you figured it out. Yes. That Santa Claus wasn't real. Yeah. Before I, I, your sister did. Yeah. Before my older sister. <laughs> and you were told that you had to continue to lie to your sister about yeah. Santa. Well, Santa, again, I feel like this is an area where lying is is necessary. Right. And that's kind of the <laughs> Necessary point. certainly isn't true, but it is- well, That's the point that I wanted to get by in this podcast, I think, is that lying is not always this malicious thing. Mm -hmm. It can be a super malicious thing. And I imagine if you're one of the people who hang around one of those top 5% of liars, Mm -hmm. you're consistently frustrated with it. Mm -hmm. Actually, we saw a movie recently, Honey Boy. Oh, yes. um, Where Shia LaBeouf plays his own dad. Mm -hmm. And he's definitely the kind of person that's constantly messing around Mm -hmm. with truth and misrepresenting Mm -hmm. himself to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, He's definitely in that little wedge. I guess a lot of narcissists are, which is what that character basically is. Right. And I mean, you know, I talked a little bit about, you know, some of these results you have to take psychopathology out of it a little bit so people who do have like those Mm -hmm. narcissistic personality disorders things of that nature Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not people where we wouldn't consider it a disorder that are still have narcissistic tendencies Mm -hmm. that are probably more likely to lie lying isn't always bad lying serves a purpose it's Mm -hmm. something that helps us get our goals it's a natural part of communication um and it doesn't mean that there aren't bad lies that there's not lies that you should feel guilty about Mm -hmm. But it is important to recognize that it is something that has a efficiency and evolutionary purpose that we do for a reason. I've been Jordan Peoples. This has been Talk Talk, and that's the truth. I'm Ellie Johnson, and who knows? I could have been lying to you this whole time. So Uh. guess you'll just have to do your own research to find out. Oh, no. (laughs) What you talking about?